the bad date story. If you don't have your own by now, you've almost certainly heard a few war stories from friends on the dating front line. The one who looked nothing like their picture. The one who was two hours late. The one who walked out before their first drink was even ordered. Yep, apparently that's a thing now. Anyway, for most people who've experienced life on the apps in recent years, there's only really one way to handle the whole thing if you want to make sure you keep putting yourself out there. Except it's a roller coaster. Turn the bad dates into good stories and hope to high heaven that the match who ghosted you after five dates was actually just fate taking its course to make room for the right person. Don't believe me? Then ask Rob. I walked back to another tube station, looked at my phone, deleted my apps, and I said, that's it, I'm never dating again. The right one will find me. And the next day was my last night shift. And I met you. From The Standard, this is London Love Stories with Katie Strick. Well, as every girl kind of does think sometimes, he's going to ask me for my number, but it never came. And I said to her, I met this really fit police officer. She said to me, you're absolutely fine, don't look at anything. And I knew from that, this is bad. Meet Paige and Rob. I'm Paige, I'm 29 years old, I'm a paramedic, I'm a London Ambulance Service and I live in Wembley Park. Yeah, I'm Rob, (laughs) Uh, I'm 30, live in North London, I'm a police officer in the Met. Now, let's skip back a few years to 2016. Strange Things has premiered on Netflix. The first 24-hour trains have just started running on the night tube. The UK has just voted for Brexit. And a Republican candidate you might remember has just won the US election. Thank you very much, everybody. But let's not dwell too long on that part. Anyway, that dating stroke hookup app, you know the one, is four years old at this point. So for most single 20-somethings dating in the capital, it's become a pretty standard part of day-to-day life in London. Nights on the sofa are spent conjuring up funny bios for your profile, and Sundays are spent scrolling through potential matches and making small talk about your job. Well, that's unless you're a police officer like our friend Rob here, who prefers to hide his official job title. Turns out the inevitable cough-me innuendos and jokes about men in uniform don't tend to be all that conducive to working out who's serious about a relationship. I'd been out of a relationship for about a year. It was quite a long relationship from, like, secondary school. And I was dating. And I went on the worst date I've ever been on. And that night, I vowed to never date again. So she ordered a wine, received the wine, I paid for it, and then she said, I don't like wine. I said, I don't know why you ordered that then. I can't really help you in that transaction. So two police officers walked past the window... And she tutted, and I said, what's going on? And she was like, I hate the police. They're awful. I was like, right, this is not going well. (laughs) Okay, so it's safe to say the apps aren't quite working out in the way Robert hoped on this particular evening. But perhaps that bad date was a strange sort of blessing in disguise. What he doesn't know at this point is that just 24 hours later, he is to embark on a rather more memorable night shift than the others he'd done that month. His whole career, even. Emergency which service? There was a 909 call to a like chicken shop uh, in the Paddington area, wasn't it? There'd been a bit of an altercation. Uh, a couple were arguing. A bloke had taken a tumble at some point. They were both very, very drunk, very, very obstructive. And because the police had been called and they'd mentioned that someone had got a cut to the head or taken a tumble, the ambulance was called as well. At this point, it's just like any other night shift for our protagonist, Rob. 
an altercation between two drunks, a quick race over under the blue lights, some classic key worker chit-chat with the paramedics on the scene. What Rob isn't expecting is to need the help of a paramedic himself, and for the paramedic in question to be a certain 23-year-old called Paige. I was um, recently graduated from university. I lived with two other girl paramedics. Um, I was single, had been single for six years actually, which was quite a long time, and lived in Enfield. I went on quite a few dates, all in one go. I thought, do you know what, I'm going to get myself out there. So I went on quite a few dates. <laughs> None of them really went anywhere, to be honest. I was on a night shift. I think that was actually my second job into the night shift. And we get vague details. It was a couple in a chicken shop. There was a fight. When new police were on scene, I must say, tend to go to these things first. I remember walking in. Um, it was quite chaotic. It was obvious that the couple didn't want to help, so we went back to the ambulance. After a while, the altercation finally dies down, and staff start slowly making their journey home. But Rob notices some blood on his uniform. And there was a knock on the ambulance door, and it was you, Rob, wasn't it? What did you ask me for? I asked you for some cleaning wipes because I've got blood on me. Yeah, so Rob had some blood on his shirt, so he knocked and he was like, Excuse me, miss, can I have some? Excuse me, miss? <laughs> can Excuse I have Oliver some wipes? Oliver Twist over here, are you joking? I said hello. Oh, you were like, Can I'm we like... have some wipes, please, yeah. so I can get the blood off? And I was like, Yeah, not a problem. I was sitting on the bed and you were wiping away. And I remember you had this white, it's quite a tight white top on. And yeah, and you definitely, you yeah, smiled at me. Yeah, I took my body armour off and smiled. It's because I saw yeah. your eyes go when I take my body armour off. <laughs> I saw them. Oh, did they? Um, and then we just got chatting. You started chatting me up, definitely. You were asking me all sorts of questions. I was asking how your night was going, what time you finished. It's sort of standard Yeah. police ambulance service questions to yeah. each other and then I didn't know I noted um, Rob's name badge normally they don't have their full names on yours had your full name on so obviously I took note and then well as every girl kind of does think sometimes he's going to ask me for my number but it never came because um, you shot off didn't you yeah someone pressed their um, so another police unit pressed their emergency button and they basically they need help so that was it I don't even think I said goodbye Oh, and right there, that classic eye flirty, is he or she feeling it too meat cute we've probably all had at some point in our lives, is cut prematurely short. Neither party quite brave enough to ask for the other's number before their drink arrives, or their tube stop rolls around, or, in Rob's particular case, his radio goes off again, with another 999 call. Obviously, he and Paige are both kicking themselves. They've never met on a job before, so what are the chances they'll run into each other again? Of all the ambulance and police crews in the whole of London, surely the odds of answering the same blue light call are tragically slim. Would it be weird if he called the ambulance service and asks for the name of the paramedic who attended the chicken shop call? Uh, probably yes. Fortunately for Rob, Paige isn't willing to leave any of that to chance. So then the next day, um, so because I was in with two girl paramedics, Grace, um, I said to her, I met this really fit police officer on a job and then she was like, oh, did you get his name? And I was like, yeah. So we Facebook stalked Rob and we found we found you really well because police officers, normally their security is quite high up, but we've not. I found Rob straight away, sent you a message on Facebook and you replied pretty quickly. I was buzzing. <laughs> I did initially think, who is this? 
because I didn't know your name. Who Paige? Who's I don't know Paige. Who's this? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it was you on your profile picture. I thought, hello. And just like that, Paige and Rob's back of the ambulance meet cute turns into a first date. The two of them arrange to meet two days later on a rare night off and quickly work their way through the classic first date tick boxes. A meet in the middle central London meeting spot, several rounds of drinks, a first kiss outside the tube station, in this case, Leicester Square. At least, they think it was Leicester Square. We had our first, we had our first, basically our first snog outside Leicester Square tube. That was on our first day. Right, we, we both know what happened. It was in Leicester Square. Oh, it was Leicester Square. 100% it was Leicester Square. Right. Was Leicester Square. We're going to have a walk around next week and see who's right. <laughs> anyway, minor details. Wherever Paige and Rob's first date took place, it's deemed a successful one from both sides, and the two of them agreed to meet in Shoreditch a few days later. We had a few more drinks then. I say a few, actually. We had a lot of drinks. I actually missed my last train because Rob was like, oh, just have another drink. And we were just enjoying ourselves so much. And, you know, you make me laugh. We laugh. It was such a good time. And I missed my train. So I had to ring Grace, my housemate. Um, and she was like, I'll come pick you up. I waited at Shoreditch. It was actually Shoreditch Ambulance Station. <laughs> I don't know how to say this next bit. Because we got very frisky, didn't we? We're just... The drinks have been flowing. <laughs> the drinks are flowing. We're enjoying each other's we company. We were snogging. There we go. <laughs> we were just we're having a great time, basically. Um, that was a near, near, not at Shoreditch Ambulance Station. It was just the outside wall of Shoreditch Ambulance Station, against the wall, just having a snog. And do you know what? I'm actually, I hate PDA, but we had a, quite a lot of drinks, to be fair. So Grace turned up and she got me in the car. <laughs> you tried to get in the car. Well, I, didn't try, I didn't try to get in. That would have been rude and ungentlemanly. But I thought I was getting How the evening had gone, I thought I was getting an invite back. And and Grace leant across and just pulled the door shut in my face. <laughs> she did. Just out. See ya. And there we have it. Paige and Rob are officially dating and very much into each other. There are practical challenges, of course, with both of them on strange competing shift patterns but they come up with creative ways to make it work. Settling for late-night rendezvous and setting up their phones to receive a notification when the other one is in the vicinity during a shift. It was hard. Um, There were blocks where we'd have the same rest day, so it was going to quite a few dates, and then I remember there was like a month gap where we didn't see each other, um, and I would go up to the section house to see you, because that's where you were staying, that was in Kennington at the time. So for me, what what made it easier especially in the months where like we were on opposite shifts and we couldn't see each other was like going to see each other in between shifts even if I was getting to yours at like 11 o'clock at night and literally dropping my bag down and coming to bed so that we could have that night and an hour in the morning together because yeah. I knew I had something quite special with you and I didn't want it to fizzle out because of something as silly as, you know, what we do for a living. Despite the pressures of work, everything seems to be off to a great start. February quickly rolls around and Rob jets off on a long-awaited trip to Thailand to take part in a four-week Brazilian jiu-jitsu camp. He's sad to leave Paige, but it's one of those bucket list trips he's been dreaming of for years. So they keep in touch on the phone and the weeks hurry by thanks to the prospect of that new couple reunion on his return. On my last night there, I was like walking back to my room, back to my apartment. 
and a uh, car hit me, pushed me into a building. I remember waking up the next morning. It was still the scene, and there was just a ring of heads around me, and there was this nurse, and she was there from camp as well, and she said to me, you're absolutely fine, don't look at anything, and I knew from that, this is bad. Because that's what, especially when like first responders tell you, you're fine, just don't look at anything. Yeah. Like That's quite a good indicator that you've, you've probably got some serious injuries. Let's take a quick break. In part two, how the accident impacted Paige and Rob's relationship and how they quickly learnt the true meaning of in sickness and in health. It's March 2017, and Rob's accident in Thailand has left him in a pretty bad way. He's forced to stay out in Asia to recuperate, finally being deemed well enough to travel back to the UK a few weeks later, on the 1st of May. My left tibia and fibula were, like, in bits. So I had to have, like, emergency surgery and put loads of metal in my leg. And then I had some injuries, like, to my ribs, a few, like, compacted ribs, and then back of my skull. Paige and Rob might still be a new, unofficial couple, but any momentum they'd been picking up before the trip is quickly put on fast-forward. It might be a cliché, but there's nothing like a near-death experience to make you realise what, or who, is important. Being a bloke, I was really embarrassed to be on crutches. And I remember, remember you were coming to see me. Yeah. You were driving to come see me. And... And then, uh, yeah, I remember texting Paige saying, I'm on crutches. Is it, oh, I'm on crutch, is that all right? Because I just, I couldn't manage. Um, and she said, yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah, and then you drove me to the shops as well, because I couldn't, I, I was going to the shops literally to get like one or two items, because I could, couldn't support my own weight, let alone the shopping. And I thought, oh, boy. I saw your caring side. That was when I knew she was the one. They make things official and spend the next few years bonding over a shared love of food, travel and post-shift blue light stories, moving into a small two-bedroom flat in Edgware together in the summer of 2019, just six months before a certain pandemic decides to rear its head. I've got to be clear, we've all got to be clear, this is the worst public health crisis for a generation. So obviously as key workers, well, police officers, paramedics, we're still needed in the community. We knew that we, we were obviously were frontline of covid it was difficult because we both knew we had to work, but we wanted to protect ourselves and each other because mm. we were both obviously coming home to one another. How are we going to protect each other from this? Because Rob didn't have family nearby. I don't have family nearby. So there's nowhere we could go. Not that we, we didn't want to be separated, though, did we? No, throughout COVID. Um, I don't think you had one thought because obviously I was going to COVID patients. Rob never was going to leave me um, on my own. I think one of the main lows was when I got COVID um, and I was I was quite unwell because this was at the beginning. I think a lot of us in our ambulance service, we got COVID. Rob really looked after me. He really stepped up because I couldn't get out of bed. I was really unwell. And I guess that's, that definitely kind of made me see a different side to you, I guess. You sure my I was so side. grateful. Global lockdown restrictions, clashing shifts, a COVID scare for Paige and the most intense few months of Rob's career as a police officer during the Black Lives Matter protests. The next few months turn out to be quite the baptism of fire for a new couple, newly moved in together for the first time in northwest London, in a flat that's quite literally falling apart at the seams. 
picture thick grease on the kitchen walls, and a bed held up with a wallpaper roller, if you need a little more detail. Anyway, as they often say about times of adversity, the whole thing brings them closer. Rob decides to propose on a trip to Devon in September 2020, for Paige's birthday. Despite a few hiccups involving some steep hill walking and a race to finish dinner in time for sunset, the moment finally comes. You sat on the swing overlooking the beach, gave me all your birthday presents. I remember I had some, when we was in Enfield, I led, led some uh, rose petals out for Paige and we kept them in a Tupperware box, didn't we? So I got that Tupperware box and I laid the same rose petals out leading up to this swing that's inside the, the building and I set a camera up to record it, trying to be sneaky. Hey, Shride, will you marry me? For Paige, there was only ever going to be one answer. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. You've got some Rob and Paige tie the knot on the 5th of September, 2021. It's your classic white wedding on a fairy tale summer's day in Regent's Park, thanks to them winning a competition for key workers to say thank you post-pandemic. The day goes by, somewhat uncharacteristically for Paige and Rob, without a hitch, fortunately timed between the lockdowns and clashing shifts. Two years on, the now Mr and Mrs Wilkins live together happily in northwest London. They've got a new, non-falling-apart flat in Wembley, and their first dog, called Buddy, who they adore even if he does steal rather a lot of Paige and Rob's attention, that used to be left for one another after a shift. Huge commitment, huge responsibility. Huge dog. Huge dog. That was definitely the next step in our relationship, though. I think I found it very overwhelming. And also, I think the dog loves Rob, is obsessed with Rob. You love that, don't you? You love the fact that Buddy loves you. I, I love the fact that we bonded because I do his training. Buddy takes a lot of Rob's time, whereas I don't get as much attention from Rob because of the dog. You know, like, when when women have kids and, you know, the husband feels, like, neglected, that's how I feel about you and the dog. Jealousy of the dog aside, it's clear Paige and Rob are onto something pretty great. Their day jobs might be different in many ways, but they share those core themes of shift work and public service that one would struggle to get through without bucket loads of goodwill and even bigger bucket loads of stamina. Qualities one might not tend to prioritise in a dating app, but ones that are surely fundamental to any relationship, key workers or not. When I come home, I want my husband to be there for me. Look, Someone who's looking out for me and my welfare. That's what I think love is. They're, they're looking what I want and what would make me happy. That's definitely love for me. Paige says she wasn't exactly date-ready that night in 2016 when she met Rob in the back of an ambulance. She was tired, makeup-free, and had her hair unwashed scraped back into a bun, something many of us can probably relate to. But none of that mattered when it came down to it. The caring and funny sides of her personality shone through in a way that they might not have done had Rob simply come across her Facebook profile or her picture on an app. Perhaps that's what he has the bad date to thank for then, with hindsight. If his drink the previous night had gone differently, he might have found himself thinking of someone else in the back of that ambulance that night, or at the very least had the blinkers on, and forgotten to look up. There's so much nonsense advice out there now about how to chat up women, how to slide in the DMs, 
uh, from like certain influences, you know, how to approach women, particularly for like young blokes. And I don't think that's the that's the way to do it. View view the person you're talking to as a whole person who has don't don't put them on a pedestal. They have good things, they have good traits, bad traits, and build a real connection with them. Then from there, ask them if they want to go on a date. Not 30 minutes into chatting, what's your number, let's hook up. I, I think the, the view towards modern dating, I think, should be rewound a little bit. Appreciate each other as people first, then build a relationship from there, and it's going to last longer if you set the foundations correctly. And that's it from this episode of London Love Stories with Katie Strick. If you've got a love or dating story in the capital, then please get in touch via email at londonlovestories at standard.co.uk. See you next time.